So, so God is good, and we're excited. If you would turn with me to the book of Luke, and while you do, I want to just show you our... Can you stay with me a couple more minutes? Sorry, because you sound so good. Um, while you're turning to Luke, let me just show you our vision. Our vision is very simple, and it's something that all of you can, can know and memorize, and it's, it's very simple. We have a vision. We have a mission. We have a desire for people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Um, period. And if something fits in that, we'll do it. And to know God is, for us, means that every Sunday we will gather. And whether you were drug off the street, whether you were in the club the night before, or whether you are a radical lover of Jesus, we want to create an atmosphere where people can come in and encounter God and know God on a deeper level. And so we never want to be the church where you're embarrassed to bring friends. Uh, we want to be a church where every Sunday you know, man, I can bring my friends to church and they can know God and I can know God and we can do this together. Number two is find freedom. We do that through small groups. We believe that real freedom does not happen by a great preacher or a great song or a great podcast, but real freedom happens when brothers and sisters talk and get to know each other and play golf and amen and go play basketball and go shop and go and do whatever and have coffee and have dinner and and actually go to people's homes you know you don't know the people that they we call them facebook friends but they're not they're facebook something they're facebook faces but we find freedom not online but we find freedom face to face and so we are not a church with small groups. We're going to be a church of small groups. Discover purpose. I believe every person in this room has a purpose. You're here on purpose for a purpose. And we're going to help you find it. And what that's going to lead to is you making a difference. You know, tonight at the end of service, unashamedly, we're going to receive an offering. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to even give towards what's happening in Houston. Houston right now. One of the largest cities in America is underwater. God forbid we just make money for bigger houses and better cars and bigger TVs. I pray that we have a heart to make a difference. And so when tragedy strikes, we're blessed to be a blessing and we can help people. We're going to make a difference by doing a lot of different outreaches in the city. Uh, we're not a church that tolerates Vegas. We're a church that loves Vegas and we're going to make a difference. And so these are just some of the things about our vision that I wanted to share with you. But tonight, and by the way, if you were in July, you heard me talk about know God. And I talked about what do you talk about when you talk about God. Tonight, I'm going to talk about finding freedom and then we'll keep going kind of in this series. But tonight I want to talk about finding freedom. Uh, look at Luke chapter 5. If you have a Bible, if you don't, don't worry. It's going to come up on the screen for you. This is Luke 5 verse 17 and it says this. It says, one day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. And it seemed that these men showed up from all over town. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat, they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowds. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles, and they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd, right in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. I'll explain why he said that. The Pharisees and teachers of the religious law, these are the haters. These are the, these are the people that didn't really believe, but they kind of just wanted to be around. They said to themselves, who does this man think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sin. But Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up. He picked up his mat and he went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things Today, and then I'll just read this scripture for you. This is James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you might be healed. See, when you 
confess your sins to God, he forgives you. But when you confess your sins to a brother, you get healed. And a lot of, there's a lot of forgiven, broken people in the world. They're forgiven, but they're not healed. <laughs> the earnest prayer of a righteous person. It, we always say that, huh? The, the, the earnest prayer of the righteous, it availeth much. No. If I'll confess my sin to you and you'll pray for me, that prayer will avail much. It will produce wonderful results. I'm getting an amen from the front row. I want to I talk to you for just a few moments tonight from the subject. And I don't want to go long because I want to connect with people. And thank you for letting us start late tonight. There was a crazy accident, I guess, out there. And so we just wanted to push a few minutes, try to get everybody in. But I want to preach from the subject. I need you. You need me. I need you. You need me. Can, can we be super awkward with our friends around each other? Can you find someone? Tell them, I need you. You need me. Can you tell them that? I need you. You need me. Tell somebody that that you don't think you need. Tell them, I need you. <laughs> you need me. <laughs> the, the context of Luke chapter 5 is a church service. Uh, it's not just that Jesus is a healer, but he's a healer in the house. It's not that he just forgives sins. He forgives sins in the house. It's not that Jesus is just awesome. He's awesome in the context of a gathering. So Luke 5 is not just the story we read to be inspired by, but it's a story that should push us to community. It should actually push us not only to Jesus, but to each other. It should make us desire friends that when we break and when we sin and when we mess up, God, give me a friend that can get me to Jesus. God, give me a friend that when I want to be stupid can push me back to Jesus. God, give me a friend that when I do not want to go to church, they will call me and harass me and text me. And if they have to, send an Uber for me and get me into the house of God. When I'm broken and when I'm sick and when I'm paralyzed in my own decisions and own mistakes, God, give me friends that pushed me to Jesus. I hope you don't just read this text and go, man, Jesus is a healer. I hope you read this text and it makes you go, God, I need friends that can get me to the healer. I would submit to you tonight that life is less about what you're doing and more about who you're doing it with. <laughs> we truly are the product of our relationships. I, I heard it said before, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I really think it is true uh, one sociologist tells us that your current salary is the sum total of your five closest friends. It's the average of, excuse me, not the total, but the average of your five closest friends. If you broke, your friends are probably broke. <laughs> if you got a little money, your friends probably got a little money. I'm the product of my relationships. I would submit to you, if you're doing crazy things, you probably got some friends that are doing crazy things. I am the product of my relationships. I wish it wasn't true, and I wish I could be a self-made man. But in reality, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm the product of who I surround myself with. If there's anything good in me, it's found in a good friend around me. If there's anything loyal about you, I guarantee you have a loyal spouse or you have a loyal friend. If you're faithful, if you're generous, I guarantee you have a faithful friend or a generous friend. I am the product of my relationships and so the bible said in verse 17 in our text the bible said one day and i just got to stop right there friend there is power in one day never underestimate what god can do in your life in a day now i believe god can do amazing things in your lifetime and I believe God can do amazing things in your lifetime with your family. But I also believe in the power of a day, of a God moment, of something that can happen today that can change us forever. I believe we can leave tonight different than we came in. Because this is the God that we serve. But the one day was in the context of one church service. What can God do in your life on any given Sunday? 
What could God do in your life on a Monday night in downtown Vegas? By the way, this is the first religious gathering that's ever happened at the Smith Center. I think it's pretty cool. What, what, what could God do tonight? What one small group gathering could change your whole life? And you know what? It might not even be the small group. You might be there in that house and you're so awkward and so uncomfortable and going, who are these people? And, what is, and this couch is nasty. And what am I doing here? And I can't believe my wife drugged me here. But you know what? But you walk out and you find someone in the, in the parking lot or in the whatever that's called, the driveway. I, I, believe, I believe more will happen in our lives in driveway conversations. Come on, when you're just leaning up on your car and you just start talking. What were they talking about? I don't know. Hey, can you pray for my marriage? Come on, somebody. You never know the conversations that can happen on a golf course. You never know the conversations that can happen at a coffee. I had coffee with a couple this week. And as we're drinking coffee and eating breakfast sandwiches and, and talking about life, before you know it, we're all at the table. We're all crying. We're all talking about Jesus. It wasn't planned. It wasn't forced. And we all left coffee better and not just caffeinated, but we left better. Because if I can show you your friends, I can show you your future. I am the product of my relationships. Recently, I was just having coffee with Mitch, and we're ending. And all right, we'll see you later. And Mitch grabs my hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, he starts praying for me. I start looking around. Who's around? Who's, who's watching us pray? And I'm better after a 30-second prayer. Friend, what can happen in a day? What one prayer? Can, can anybody remember one prayer that, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if, how you were raised, but man, I never, I, I'll never forget when a man of God or a woman of God or my mom or my dad or my friend laid their hands on me or grabbed hands with me and prayed, and, and, it, and it wasn't some super crazy spiritual moment, but, but it was just one prayer that changed my life. It was one encouraging word that changed my life, one sermon that I'll, I'll never forget that phrase, or, I'll, or man, I'll never forget that song, or I'll never forget that season of my life, friends, so much can happen when we gather together. This is why David, as he's in church and he's he's staring at the temple of God in Psalm 84, he goes, God, better is one day in your courts than a thousand days in the tents of the wicked. I, I don't know if I mean if we just put do the math, David said, God, you can do more for me in a day than the world can do for me in three years. God, there's just something amazing about your house. I get in your house, and I've, I've moved forward. You know, God can move you forward three years in one gathering. <laughs> you might be worshiping, and you just get a God thought, and that's your business idea. That's the, that's the grace to go, okay, our marriage is going to make it. I don't know how, but we're going to do this. And if you've ever been married, you know you're going to have quite a few of those seasons. Or my wife has. You know, I don't know. I, I love her, but, you know. One, one moment, one word, and you go, that's how we're going to move forward. Okay, I got the grace. Okay, my tank was low, but it, man, it just got filled up. One word, one encouraging moment, one encounter with God, one prayer of faith. My pastor, Jensen Franklin, he says it like this, some things God will only do for you when you go to church. <laughs> it's true. Sometimes you just... Hey, you can pray, you can love God, and you can watch YouTube sermons all day. But, man, there's just something about getting in the house of God. You know, I'm on, I, I just started Facebook. I've never, I've, I've been kind of a Facebook hater, and now I'm on Facebook. And I'm a Facebook hater because sometimes I'll just start reading. You know, they're all strangers. I'm like, who are these people? And the amazing things that they say. Have you all ever read? I mean, it's like, I didn't know someone could be so dumb. I, I didn't know it was possible. Why aren't you in prison? Yeah, come on, if you've ever, if, if you're not laughing, you've never been on Facebook. I'm telling you, it's different than Instagram. It's different than Twitter. And you know what I thought about? I was laughing today because of someone's comment, and I thought, if this person could just get in a good church with some good friends who could go delete that post, dum-dum. I'll tell you what, I, I love the church. Not this church. I love the church. I believe Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. It is not good for man to be alone. 
That's not just a marriage scripture. That's a life scripture. I can't do this alone. Isolation leads to insanity. I can't live this life alone. I can't live this life online. I can't live this line, this life all by myself. It's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for you to be without friends. And if you're a Christian, you got to have some Christian friends because you got to have some people that can move you forward. Friend, I love the church. I got saved in the church. I got baptized with the Holy Spirit in church. I've seen miracles in church. I, I met my wife in church. I got called into the ministry in church. I, I received my first ever prophetic word in church. I got married in a church. I love the church. Some things God will only do for you in church. The Bible said in verse 18 that these friends, they, they said, we got to get you to Jesus. And the context of them getting him to Jesus was we got to get you in the house. My prayer is that City Light will always be a place where you can bring your friends to Jesus. From the most spiritual prayer warrior princess (laughs) to your crackhead neighbor (laughs) and everyone in between. You need to come to my church. You'd fit right in. White people, black people, Hispanic people, Asian people. I, I, I pray people go in and go, is this a black church or a white church? Or, is this a Mexican church? Preacher says he's Mexican, but he's white. I don't know what I'm saying. I pray for some good old, good confusion where people just go, what kind of church is this? Man, I want this to be a friendly church. A safe place for your kids. A safe place for your family. Where Jesus can be experienced and understood. I want to be like those four friends. Where I can bring my friends to Jesus. Robbie and I, we were checking into his hotel last night. And I invited that girl to church. She goes, you're a pastor? I said, yeah. I go, do you go to church? She goes, oh, yeah. I go, where do you go? She goes, um. I go, you don't go to church. (laughs) Come on. If they got to go, uh. And then she goes, no, 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 no. And she finally thought of it. And I go, where's it at? Uh. <laughs> I say, girl, you need to come to our church. So I wrote down the website. I said, come to church. Because I want to I bring people to Jesus. I want this to be a place where people can experience Jesus. I want this to be a place where people who don't even know God or even love God or even believe in God, they can walk out and go, well, man, those people were friendly. <laughs> Music was pretty good. My kids liked it. I guess I'll come back. And that we could be that kind of, not a perfect church. It's a church that loves Jesus. Church where you can worship. And if you want to be crazy and boisterous and sing and be loud, you can do that. If you want to sit in the back and just chill and watch, you can do that. It's a place where we can bring people to Jesus. But then the Bible says something that I've experienced because I've been a church kid since, well, forever. Is that in verse 19, they're trying to get him to Jesus and they hit the crowds. I was thinking about this. It's, it's sad, but it's true. All the emotional pain in my own life is pain from church. Isn't that crazy? 33 years old. No girl's ever broken my heart. You know, it hasn't been any of that. Any, any pain I've ever had has been pain that has been caused in the church. And I think that's totally the plan of the devil, huh? God wants to gather people. People are people. <laughs> people don't like other people. And we think it's a people problem, but really it's a spiritual problem. Before you know it, you're no longer encountering Jesus, and you're no longer in the house. You know, the old preachers used to say, church would be awesome if there weren't people in it. <laughs> and you know what? That's kind of true if you've been hurt. But honestly, I say church is awesome because there's people in it. And yeah, we got some dysfunction. And yeah, we make some mistakes. And yeah, we hurt each other. But I never want the crowds to stop me from getting to Jesus. A few years ago for my wife and I, we had to make a decision. We love each other. We love Jesus. But we had to make the decision in a moment of pain, in a moment of hurt, that we were going to love the church. I was traveling. I wasn't really connected in a church. I was just 
traveling around the world preaching. It was really awesome. It was really fun. But I had to make the decision that I wasn't going to become a professional communicator, a professional singer, just go in, do my word, get my money, pay, uh, you know, go to the next city, do it again, do it again, do it again. And I didn't love people anymore. And I said, no, no, no. If, if, I'm, if I'm a Christian, then I got to be committed to his church. I, I can't love the head of the church and not love the body. And you just got to know you're looking at a preacher. I've been hurt in the church, and I love the church. And I'm not a church hater. I have a friend I, I, I had to tell him. He, he posted this post, and he goes, we're the church for people who hate church. I went, what? <laughs> who says that? I said, bro, I love the church. And if you are a church for people who hate church, you should not be pastoring a church. We're not the church. We're not the new church in Vegas for people who hate church. Ah. We're not the better church. We're not the cooler church. We're not the new church. We are another church that loves Jesus, loves his people, loves the lost. We're not, we ain't enemies with nobody. I'm not going to be a critic of the church. I'm going to be a builder of the church. It's what I'm going to be. It's just what I've decided. I love the body of Christ. I love every person in here. I'm dysfunctional. You're dysfunctional. He's really functional. So we're gathering around something greater than ourselves and greater than our personalities and greater than our mistakes and greater than our past and greater than our sins. We're not going to be critical of the church and we're not going to let a crowd stop us because that's what I love. They get to the house. There's a crowd. They could have left, but they stayed. And by the way, anytime you're committed to a church, you could leave. Sometimes you just got to make the decision, I'm going to stay. And for me, that meant I'm not just going to be a traveling preacher that does my thing and uses my gift. I'm going to be a lover of the body of Christ. And I'm going to stay faithful to this thing. And I'm going to stay in this thing. And I committed to this thing. And I submitted myself to a pastor. And I submitted myself to my leader. And I said, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. And he said, well, then I want you to work for me. And I said, no. <laughs> That's what happened to us. And then Pastor Jensen said again, I want you to work for me. I said, no, I'm not going to work for you. And then he said it again. He said it, and he broke me down after, after a whole year. I finally went, okay, I'll work for you. Because I said, I'm not just going to be... A Christian, I'm a champion of the church. I love the church, and I love the people of the church, so I served him, and we served him, and we love him, and we love our pastors. And then one day I got to talk to my pastor on, on an evening. I actually came to Vegas, and God spoke to me about pastoring a church in Vegas, and I immediately went back to him. And I said, well, I got to talk to you. He said, oh, boy, what is going on, <laughs> you know? And I said, I think we're supposed to pastor a church. He goes, yep. And I said, I think it's in Vegas. He goes, do you have the word of the Lord? I said, I think. He goes, that's probably close enough. <laughs> I said, I love Vegas. I love the people of Vegas. Jesus loves Vegas. It's like a no-brainer. He's saying yes. We say amen. He said, let's go. And one year ago, in May actually now, a year and a few months ago, God spoke to us. And we said, we're going to love the church. We're going to love people. And we're not going to let any crowd stop us from getting to Jesus and stop us from building the church. So we are a church for anybody who knows you need community and knows that you need some good Christian friends. We're a church from everyone, for everyone. We're a church for the down and out and the up and in. We're a church for the broken who need a hospital. But we're also a church for people that are doing great in their walk with God. And for those people, we're going to be a medical school. We're going to be both. Because we're for everybody. We're not the messed up church for the messed up people. Yeah, like we don't pride ourselves in dysfunction. I guess that's already out there. <laughs> we're for everybody. So we love everybody. We're for white people. We're for black people. We're for Hispanic people. We're for Asian people. We're for loud people. We're for quiet people. We're for the ameners, and we're for the people that are on Instagram, the whole service. We're, we for everybody. <laughs> Jesus said, I'm building my church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. I just figure I want to be a part of something that is eternal, and that no matter what hell throws at it, it cannot die.
I'm a part of the church. The Bible says that they decided, we're going to do this thing. We're going to get him to Jesus. So they actually get up on the roof. They tear a hole in the roof. And they drop the man into the house. And verse 20 says this. Jesus says this. or, Or the Bible says this. Jesus seeing their faith. Their faith. Not his faith. Their faith. Because when you come into the house of God, God sees you as his body. I'm such a sinner. If I walk into a church, I'm going to get electrocuted. No, you're not. Lightning's going to strike me. No, he's not. No, no, it's not. You want to know why? Because he sees our faith. And if a couple of people have faith, that's going to cover your jacked up self right now. And then one day you're going to have some faith. And you're going to help somebody else. When I come to the house of God, God no longer just sees me. He sees us. And even if I'm not worthy of it, he'll bless us because there's got to be at least one praying grandma in here. Like there's one Patty Pennington in here that loves Jesus. Like we good. I always feel saved and safe next to Patty. I'm like. She's really saved, so I'm saved. You know, I was like. <laughs> My wife and I were so blessed to preach in South Africa. We got to go on a safari. And the driver said, as long as you're in the Jeep, you good. Because that elephant can walk up to you, but this Jeep is way bigger than that elephant. A rhino can walk up to you, but this Jeep is way bigger than a rhino. A cheetah can walk up. A lion can walk up, but you're good because you're in the Jeep. And the lion doesn't see you, he sees us. As long as I'm in the Jeep. And he goes, but if you jump out, you're in trouble. And we hear about it all the time. Because people can get so close to these wild animals, they go, oh, these, these guys are harmless. And as soon as they hop out of the car, the lion is able to distinguish them. And you go from a really big animal to dinner. <laughs> and you know what? I know so many Christians that aren't in the Jeep. And listen, you're not, you're, not, you're not a bad person. They're not bad people. They're hurt. They're hurt. And they're going, I don't like this Jeep. <laughs> but the moment you get out of the Jeep, man, there's a lion. He's roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But as long as I'm in it, it's not just me, it's us. If it's us, we're safe. I'm just telling you, friend, when, when, when I'm in that Jeep, God sees us. And when I'm in that Jeep, the devil sees us. And the devil goes, I can't mess with all these people. The enemy's not omnipresent. You can't deal with the whole crowd. The moment we become isolated and alone is the moment that the enemy can pick us out. I'm not here to scare you, friend. I'm not here to tell you to be a part of our church. I'm just telling you, get in a church. Find a church. Not a perfect church. There's no such thing. Find a healthy church. Find a functioning church. Find a functional church. Find a pastor that loves people and loves Jesus. I do, so this would be a good one. But if, but if you don't like me, find another one. But I'll tell you, I do. I love Jesus and I love people. I'll fight for you. I'll go to the hospital with you. I love people. And if, and if, and if this is cool, cool. And if it's not, go find one. There's, they're there. They're around. No, they're not. I've tried all of them. No, no, you're just mad. Get back in the Jeep. Get back in the Jeep. I got to stop crying. We are three gatherings in, and I've, I'm like, Jesus, I need like a, like, I need like coffee or something to get me up so I don't do this. I wrote this statement down, and I, 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 I sure hope it doesn't offend anybody, but I actually believe it, so I just thought I'd say it. Church attendance is not required to be a Christian, but it is required to be mature. And not because it's me and not be, I'm not saying that. 
I'm saying because real maturity happens when someone can get in your grill and say, stop that. And if you'll listen, you'll go to the next level. So Jesus gives this paralytic man a few instructions. Firstly, he says, your sins are forgiven. This offended everybody. Scholars tell us that one of the reasons Jesus possibly said this is because the reason he was a paralytic back in these days, there was actually a sexually transmitted disease that would make people paralyzed. And it was very possible that the reason he was paralyzed is because of a sexually transmitted disease. So Jesus says, I, I forgive you for that. Man, isn't that good news? Just, hey, before I even heal you, I just want you to know, I know what you did, and I, I know you made some mistakes. I forgive you. At that moment, his faith goes through the roof. And then he says, I'm going to heal you too. Because this is not just a church. See, every Sunday, people, I, I promise you, because it's just all my life and it's because what I love to do. Every Sunday, people will walk to the front of a building, whether we're in a high school or a building or whatever we are in, and they will get saved and their sins will be forgiven. And that's awesome. And they will know God. But number two, I want people to find freedom. Because then he says, I'm going to heal you too. But the healing doesn't happen on the Sunday. The healing happens in the face-to-face. And the first thing Jesus says, he, he says three things. I'm going to give them to you. The first thing he says, he says, stand up. I'm going I'm to give you your confidence back. I'm going to straighten out your back again. I'll give you some strength again. You're not just going to bow down to everything. Jesus, he can give you the ability to stand. Proverbs 24, 16. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up. We're going to be a get back up church. Made some mistakes, you can get back up. Lost your business, you can get back up. Filed for bankruptcy, you can get back up. Broke as a joke, you can get back up. Don't know what to do with your money? You can get back up. Hurting? You can get back. I'm telling you, we're going to be a stand-up church. We're not going to be a church like this. We're awful. God's mad. I'm mad. We don't like anybody. No, we're going to be a stand-up church. We're going to let people stand. We're going to let people stand in their gifts, stand in their anointing, stand in their calling. Be a church of empowerment. This is what God wants for you. He wants you to stand in what you have. This man was a paralytic. This word literally in the Greek language means the suffering or the relaxing of nerves. The unstrung of the nerves. The the weakening of limbs. He was weakened and feeble. See, he wasn't just at this point paralyzed. He had now lost his muscles. So there's a twofold miracle. Not only did he get the ability to stand again, but he got the muscles to stand. God's going to give you muscle, friend. And it's going to happen in church. Maybe not our church, but it's going to have to happen in a church. Watch your Christian TV, download your podcast, YouTube it up. But at the end of the day, if you want real strength, it's going to happen right here. He says, I'm going to give you the ability to stand again. I'm going to give you the ability to get your nerves back. You're going to feel again. You're going to love again. Forgive again. Worship again. Pray again. Help somebody again. Serve again. Give again. I I lost it, but now I'm getting it up. I'm getting it back. I lost it, but now I'm getting my strength. I lost it, but I'm getting my feeling back. I lost it, but, but but I'm recovering all. And though a thief comes in one direction, the Bible says he'll flee in seven. This is what happens when we get around Jesus and we get around good people. We get around friends and we gather together. We get our strength back. We get our nerve back. Number two, Jesus says, I want you to pick up your mat. Don't leave it. Keep it. 
Walk around town with it. I feel like Jesus could have said, man, leave your mat. You don't need it anymore. Burn it. We're going to have a mat burning service. Ah, you know, come on, Pentecostals. You all know about that. You know, it's like we burn it. We burn secular CDs. We burn the debt. We burn our mats. Ah, you know, that was only for church people. There's like people in here like, what is he talking about? We're weird. Okay. <laughs> Christians, we do weird things. Okay. Y'all know it's true. They're like all the church people are like, man. There's a lot of you in this room that have burned a Metallica CD at one point in your life. <laughs> Jesus didn't say, leave your mat, destroy your mat, burn your mat, throw your mat away. He said, carry it. Keep it. Pick it up. Why? Because it's your testimony. <laughs> I'm not perfect, but I got a testimony. God's still working on me, but I got a story. Say, but God couldn't use me. Do you got a story? Yep, yeah, God can use you. God can never use me. You got a past? Yep, God can use you. Jesus didn't say, forget about your mat. He said, keep it. Tell the story of what I've done. Help somebody else's marriage. Help somebody else's child. Help somebody else's finances. Don't walk around like you were born saved speaking in tongues. Walk around with that mat and go, guys, if God could do this for us, he could do it for you. We need some real transparent, healed Christians. Say, man, if God could do it for me, God could do it for you. Jesus is saying, I never want you to forget what I did for you. But I don't just want what I did for you to be your secret. I want it to be your story. I'll be honest with you. If you feel like City Light is the church for you, I have a requirement. I don't need you to give because if you don't want to give, you ain't going to give. I need you to bring your mat. You don't, if you never bring your wallet, that's between you and God. But I need you to bring your mat. And I need you to tell the story. And if you're an ex-gang member in here and you see someone walk in who's rough and tough, I need you to walk up to them and I need you to tell them about Jesus. And if you come from the nightlife industry and you've done some things you're not proud of and you, and you, you see someone walk into church and you see that's probably what they're into, I need you to walk up to them and tell them about Jesus. And if you see a couple fighting like crazy in the parking lot, and they come out of the car like, oh, well, I need you to walk up to them and go, yeah, we hated each other too. But we made it. You're going to make it. And you see that teenager walk in? Drug in a church. And you go right up to that mom and you go, keep praying. Because I was that teenager. And God saved me. He's going to save your baby. You got to carry your mat, friend. Back in the day, we used to go to parties, BYOB. <laughs> no, this is a BYOM church. You got to bring your own mat because we need your story. We need your help. If uh, Aria would just come back up. One last one. Jesus tells the, the guy, lastly, he doesn't say, follow me. I was I shocked by this. Stand up. Pick up your mat and follow me. You are the new disciple. Judas, you're fired, you know. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been great? Like, burn, got him. You know, that would have been the moment. <laughs> Judas, I know about the money. <laughs> like, this would have been epic. This would have been memes for days. He says, hey, I need you to take this home. Because if it doesn't go home, what's it really about? I hope I, don't, I hope I don't sing so good and speak so good. And you go, oh, what a preacher. What a word. Is it going home? I hope I don't perform here and I don't love my wife. It better go home. I better love my baby. I better love you. Praying for you, brother. No. This better go home. This better make it to work. And it's not just it should or it better, but it can. God can heal your home. God can help your family. 
God can move you forward in your career. God can bless your business. We don't just believe in gathering to gather to say we gathered. But we hear a word and we sing songs and we connect with our brothers and our sisters. And then we take it and we go home. And our home changes. And our kids change. And the next generation changes. And, and before you know it, I don't know if we can help everybody in this city, but we can help somebody. I don't know if we can change the whole world, but we can change our world. It can go home with you. The, the message of Jesus can heal your marriage. The message of Jesus can lift your soul. The message of Jesus can forgive your sin. The message of Jesus can restore broken relationships. The message of Jesus can give you the courage to forgive. The message of Jesus can give you the courage to repent. The message of Jesus can go home with you. We are different than every other religion. Think about the New Testament church. People walk up. Where's your temple? We are the temple. We are the body. We get to take this home. Our home becomes a home of worship. Our family becomes a family who worships. We gather together in small groups and it becomes the house of God. Where angels ascend and descend. Where's your temple? You looking at it. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I am the body of Christ. I play a part and it's important. And it doesn't just affect my Sunday. It affects my Monday. And thank God it doesn't just affect my Sunday. Thank God it goes with me on Monday. Jesus said, buddy, you got family that needs this message. Go home. I kind of felt like we needed to come home. I love California. I love my church. I love my pastor. But this is home. I got to go home. Got to help our brothers and our sisters. Someone's waiting on you, friend. Someone needs your story. Someone needs your mat. Someone needs you to stand up again. They don't need a Facebook post. And dear God, they don't need another political post. I don't know how many more we could post. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. You're, everybody posting. And it's all just white noise. And you got to talk to somebody. How foolish that I post and I can't go to a Tawanda Foster and go, help me. I'm just going to offend people because I figured there's already people here, so I might as well offend some of you. God forbid I praise a political party and I lose my sister. God forbid. Because I'm not loyal to an elephant or a donkey. A lamb died for me. A lamb died for me. And I'm not going to be, we're not going to be a political church, by the way. I don't know why I'm saying this. The spirit of offending people is on me. Here we go. I want to I talk to my Hispanic brother and go, help me. I want to talk to my African-American brothers and sisters. Go, walk me through this. Teach me something. Because I don't, because I'm a white man. I don't get it. Because I've never had to face what you've had to face. But I want to move forward with you. So can we, so can we do this? And I don't want to, I don't want to just give a, a scripture and smile. I want to, I want to, I want to walk in this thing together. And by the way, the, Jesus is not colorblind. He celebrates it. Around the throne, he didn't go, we're all one race. He said, around the throne, I see every nation, every tribe, every language. 
We're not even going to speak one language in heaven. We're all going to speak our own language. And yet somehow we're going to understand each other by the grace of God. And if we are speaking a language, it definitely ain't English. I'll tell you that. I don't know what it's going to be, but it ain't going to be English. Because we ain't serving an American Jesus, by the way. These dumb, dumb KKKs, we serve a dark skin like bronze. Hair like wool. How foolish are we? I sure hope we can celebrate each other. I hope we can lift each other up. And I hope when tragedy strikes our nation, we can go, can we do this together and not just post? Thank you for coming, and I'm so sorry I offended you. And you're like, you're like that was a good try. We tried a Monday night, okay. <laughs> I said all that before the offering, by the way, so I hope you know I'm not. (laughs) I need you. I need you. You need me. We need each other. By the grace of God, we're going to stand. By the grace of God, we're going to carry our mat. And by the grace of God, we're going to go home and we're going to take what God is doing in us here, there. And I don't know if we can change the whole city. I don't know, but, I, but we can be a light in the city. I sure want to be a light. Hope we can help some people for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. That's what I want to do. I want you to do it with me. No matter your background, no matter your pedigree, no matter where you're at spiritually, let's go. Let's do it together. Let's help some people and let's take it home. I'd love for you to do it with us. Tonight, I'm not asking for a commitment to City Light Church, but I'm asking you to pray. Think about it. I don't want to do this alone and I don't want you to live life alone. So maybe we could team up, help a lot of people, serve a lot of people, lift up the name of Jesus, and see our, be- our city better because we're here. I need you. You need me. Let's do it together. I just got... A few minutes, only 8.30. If I, if I could just have you just bow your head for a moment. Maybe you're in this place and you go, man, I've, I've never heard the words of Jesus. Your sins are forgiven. And maybe you're here tonight and you would go, I sure would like to know my sins are forgiven. Well, tonight's your night, friend. Bible says it's so easy and it's so it's really profound the Bible says just call on his name and you will be saved you can't earn it can't deserve it you can't buy it can't achieve it you sure can receive it Just a humble heart that says, God, I can't do this without you. I need you, Jesus. Why don't you pray with me? A lot of people around you are going to pray as well. We're all going to pray out loud. Some of you go, oh, man, I've never prayed out loud. Just whisper. But mean it with all your heart. Just right where you are, say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. Forgive me. Change me from the inside out. I declare Jesus is Lord. I declare Jesus is Lord of my life. Just with heads are still bowed, eyes are still closed between you and me. If you just said, Jabin, man, I just prayed that prayer. Or, hey, bro, I, man, I've been far from God. I've been doing some 
I've just been dumb. I've just kind of gotten distracted. It could be a trial. It could be a temptation. It could be a storm. I'm not really sure, but maybe tonight you're going, man, I, I sure would like to come back to God. I feel like I've kind of run away from him, and tonight I just want to know that, that I am his and he is mine. Or if you would say, Jamin, I've never prayed that prayer, and tonight's my night. I just prayed that prayer. Between you and me, and more importantly, between you and God, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand in one moment, simply to just say, that was me. My sins are forgiven. If you just prayed that prayer for the very first time or you feel like you're coming back to God tonight, can you just, just shoot your hand up till I can see it? I just want to, I see you there. I see you there, sir. Is there anybody else that just tonight would say, I see, I see you? Is there anybody else that just might say, that was for me, preacher? Anybody that knows they need to raise their hand and, oh, they just don't have the courage to, but I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you, ma'am. I'm with you, sir. I'm with you. If you need to raise your hand, I'll, I'll help you do it. My hand's raised with you. It's just a sign of agreement. Awesome. You can put your hands down. Thank you so much. We love you. And we know your greatest days are in front of you. You'll never be the same. Never be the same. I'm going to read you a scripture as we end tonight. We're going to do two things. Um, firstly, if tonight you would say, Jamin, I feel like... I'm in. City Light is home. And I think I'm down to start this journey with you. First of all, you're not signing in blood, okay? We ain't, we ain't getting no, we're not getting your social security card or, you know, we're not like, but if, but if tonight you just go, man, we're, we want to help. And we want to do this together. I need you, you need me. If you've already filled out a card, you don't have to. But if you're in this room tonight, you'd go, uh, can I see a card? If you would say tonight, there's this simple card, it has your name. Your email, your phone number. You can put as much or as little, by the way, as you want. And there's this little card that's, there's a little box that says, I'm all in. I want to be on the launch team. There's also a place to give your prayer request. And if you would say tonight, hey, Jamin, I'm all in. Uh, our ushers are going to stand right now. They're going to get ready to give you one. If you, would, if you would like a card, can you just shoot your hand up real quick? We want to give one to you. I see cards here. I see cards here. I see cards here. I see cards here. Hey, we would love to, we'd love to be a part. Up in the balcony, probably. I don't know if we thought about that, but awesome. Thank you, Jay. On the seats? Yeah, okay. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to fill this out. When we dismiss, you're gonna see ushers with an offering bucket. Would you please fill that out and then put that in the bucket tonight and say, we'd like to serve, we'd like to help. We're going to get you some information and we'll see where God takes us together. We have about 150 people that have already filled one of these out. And so we're believing for hundreds of people to say, yeah, man, we're, we're in this thing together. And when we launch in January of 2018... We will literally have hundreds of people volunteering, ready to go, fired up. And there's, by the way, 2.2 million people in our city. we got a lot of people to reach, so we need a lot of people to join. If you did not get a card, can you keep your hand raised for one more moment so we can make sure we see you if you did not see it? Lastly, we are going to tonight receive an offering um, for a couple of reasons. First of all, we need it. <laughs> okay, so uh, <laughs> why lie about it, right? It's like when I give, I drive away greed. When I give, I give my money a mission. Friend, we can only get so big of a TV only have so much house, so many cars. You can only have so many shoes before you say, you know what? I don't want this money to just keep stacking for me. I want to give my money a mission, an eternal job that does something. 
And when I give, I love this, God gives back to me. Straight up, God is not going to let you give tonight to this young church and forget about it. He's going to go, you helped that kid and he offended you about politics and you gave anyway. I'm going to hook you up, bro. He's just a kid. He's 33. Forgive him. Okay. When I give, God gives back. My wife and I are not wealthy, but boy, God has provided every season of our life, no matter what, God has been faithful. And I'll finish with this scripture. This is Philippians chapter 4. It says this, I don't, I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. If I could say it this way, as much as we need help, God really wants to do something in your life. I don't know how to explain it, really explain it. Tommy Barnett says it like this. God's not trying to get money from you. He's trying to get money to you. And so I would just kind of say it like, yeah, we need help. But really, we want you to receive award for your kindness. Paul goes on to say, at this moment, I have all that I need and more. I'm generously supplied with the gifts you sent me. And by the way, you know, God's going to take care of us. So tonight, I'm not going, I need you or we can't. Oh, God's going, God's faithful. He's faithful to you. He's faithful to us. God's good. But he goes, when we give, it's a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And then Paul says this, and the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. God's, uh, the apostle Paul said, man, when you, when you help the kingdom, God gets personally involved with you. And so if you, if you want to give tonight, we encourage you to. Many have asked us, and so I'll answer it. Can we tithe to City Light? Absolutely. Um, can we give? Absolutely. Should we? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. Don't. September 28th, we're going to be here, or wherever we're going to be. And on that night, I want you to come back. You just got to bring your mat. That's it. You got to bring your mat. Jamin, I'm not really comfortable yet. You're too new. I don't know. Well, don't give. I, don't, I, ain't, I ain't tripping. But if you're here tonight and you go, man, this is our church. We would like to begin to tithe. We would like to begin to sow into this church. It's an absolute amen. It'll honor God. It'll help you. It'll move us forward into our vision. We have a, we have a very large budget and a very large dream because the needs of our city are very large. So every penny you give tonight is going towards all the equipment we got to buy, all the stuff we've got to do. But man, it's going to move us forward. It's going to help a lot of people. And so if you feel led to do that, there's an offering card on your, uh, on your seat. Can I see that as well? You can give by cash credit, check, whatever. You can give online, which we really encourage you to do that. And at the end of this service, when we dismiss, there's going to be ushers with black buckets. You can drop your offering in the bucket, and it'll be a huge blessing to you and to us. September 25th is our next gathering. We'd love for you to be there. It's at the Windmill Library right there in Southwest Vegas. We've taken this message to the burbs, people, okay? And uh, we would love for you to be there. It's right there in Southwest Vegas. It's an amazing, beautiful theater. Got an incredible room for the kids, an incredible theater for us. And uh, it seats 300 people. So got room to grow and room to bring more friends. And so we'd love for you to be there. Bring the, take these with you. Invite your friends and your family, your enemies and your frenemies, okay? And let's all come together. Mitch, would you come up with me? I've asked Ms. Mitch tonight to pray for the offering and then just speak a blessing over you and then at the uh, as, as Mitch prays I'm actually going to run downstairs because I want to be down there to shake as many hands and hug as many necks as I can 
And so I, I can't have a deep conversation with every one of you, but I definitely want to say hello to as many of you as possible. And by the way, we sent an email this week, and I meant what I said. I said, I would love to have coffee with you. I would love to meet you. I'd love to get together. So I would love that, uh, and we can make that happen, and I'd love to get to know all of you in a, in a better way. And uh, we just, we love you so much. But Mitch is going to pray over our offering and pray us out. And Love you. I love you too. <laughs> I was wondering what if you were going to say it back. I, He's going to slip out, but as he goes, can you tell God and Jamin how much we loved his message tonight? The fact that he and Shannon obeyed God to come to our city to do something amazing that we get to be here in the beginning stages of. Amen. So let's pray over this, this offering tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we, we thank you so much, Lord God, for your generosity. We thank you that today, as your people have tithed and as they have given, Father, we thank you that there'll be breakthroughs in people's finances, Lord. I fully expect, Lord God, for those people that are unemployed to get those jobs that they've been expecting. Father, I believe these people will get the promotions they've been looking for, that businesses will open up, that favor will be upon every single person here, Father. We've brought this to you as an offering, as a love offering for you, Lord Jesus, because we love you so much. And we thank you that you're going to multiply it, Father, and expand your kingdom and grow this church. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand.